This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Uh, first of all, just um, bring us up to date on the injury situation, please. Are Jordan Henderson and Andy Robertson available this weekend? Is Sadio Mane fully fit? And is Fabinho available as well because we didn't see him at training last night? Uh, so, um, Endo and Robert didn't train with the team yet. They did their recovery stuff, rehab stuff. Um, and... Yeah, didn't trade with the team yet. It's uh, it's it's yeah, pretty close. It'll be it'll be a late, 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 late decision about that. Um, Sadio's good. Sadio's good, and um, Fab came only back um, lately, and he was uh, um, he did recovery, and um, so I hope he can train today. That was that's the plan. Didn't hear yet anything different but in the end we all have to wait until tomorrow and the fact that Arsenal can go above you in the t- in the table what does that say about the importance of this game in terms of top four but also in terms of the title race as well yeah it says a lot uh, it's just a title race it's a bit early for that but um, yeah to, to stay up there we all know we, we need just in front of us uh, to say um in and around the top of the league, you need results. And uh, we didn't have enough good results uh, in the last few weeks. That's why uh, the situation is like it is. And um, yes, we lost at West Ham. But even if we would have drawn there, um, it would have, the situation would not be massively different. Obviously, with the win, yes, but with the draw, not. So um, that's it. We know. We know that we have to perform. We know we have to fight. And that's pretty much the most important information, probably. We have to fight uh, because Arsenal is a really good football team, but we are at Danfield and we have to show that. And we have to make clear that it's a massive difference for all teams and for us as well. So, And that's why um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a while ago that we played here. Now we have three home games in a row, but um, I was at a while ago and um, yeah, can't wait to start. That's Alex from KLP and that's Juliet from BBC. Alex, can you see? Hi, Egan. How are you? Hi, Alex. I'm good. Uh, thank you. Good, good, good. After those disappointing results in the league, would you say it was a good time for the international break to come, to reset and go again? Nope. <laughs> I hate international breaks. Absolutely. No. And it didn't help from an injury point of view. So, um, let me say like this, if we would have played the week after, not again, immediately again, three days later, we, the, our players for sure would have had, all players who, who had no games would have had two days off with their international, with the, with the teams, with the national teams. They, they train pretty much through all this because the uh, coaches want to have their own targets and on agenda and they want to um, very often think that they have to do physical work with them as well. Um, and no, I don't like it. Um, and so it, it was not helpful. That was the question. I would have loved to play the weekend after. And Arsenal, bottom of the league at the start of the season, now just one place below you. What do you make of the way they've managed to totally transform their season? Oh, great. Well, I'm not surprised. It's, look, the season starts, the, the winner of the first match day, if you win the first match, 4-0, you get questions, you get answers. Uh, ask questions about um, 
can you win the league, stuff like this, and you think, oh my God, it's really early. If you lose the first game, then you are directly in the relegation battle. Obviously, with the quality of Arsenal, uh, there was never a chance that they stay where, uh, where they were at the beginning of the season. And so it's, um, it was always clear they will come back. The way they came back is, is not normal because they are since then uh, have an incredible um, run of results and um, they are good. They are good. They know they were lucky in one or two games uh, where it could have been different, um, uh, all these kind of things. Crystal Palace played an incredible game against Arsenal, for example. Um, and I think Arsenal's equalized late. If I remembered right, and um, so, but these kind of things you need to get results together, and it's what they did, and um, they won a lot of games, and that's where they are. But um, we are not surprised that Arsenal is a really good football team, and um, but we have to make sure that nobody forgets that we are a really good football team as well, uh, and we lost the last game. Yes, that's true, uh, but that is over long ago, if you want, two weeks ago. So now we have a chance to do better, and that's what we will try. Hey Jürgen, um, I'm not going to ask you about Stephen and Aston Villa, but something he said yesterday about you, saying that if you signed a lifetime contract right now, he'd be happy, obviously, for Liverpool and, and for you yourself. I know last month you spoke about, you know, you have three years left on your contract until 2024. Would you look beyond that if that contract offer was there? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought Stevie said a lot of nice things and, and really smart things. And uh, I watched the press conference. It was incredibly good. And um, like, made sure let's talk about Aston Villa and Steam Drought and not Liverpool and Steam Drought. And now you turn, you make of this that question. Um, I don't have to think about these kind of things in the moment, thank God, um, because we are in the middle of this season and that's all what we are focused on. Um, and I really think I spoke often enough. I no other manager gets asked that often about things what happened in two and a half years or three years or four years. So um, at least I don't know. Um, and I have didn't think about it until you ask. Now I don't want to think now about it. So it's all fine how it is. And um, it's over when it's over, but it's far away from being over. So let's focus on that. Thanks, Jules. We'll go to James from TalkSport and then we'll go to Carl from BBC Nelsack, James. Jürgen, Mikel Arteta said last year after you played that even if his side pressed perfectly against you, you have Virgil van Dijk who can play a 60-yard pass straight to the chest of Mo Salah. When you talk about van Dijk from a defensive point of view, he's obviously sensational as a player, but from an attacking point of view, how much of a weapon is he for your side? Yeah. Very important to mix up our, our build-up is very important. He's not the only one who can play this board, but he can play this board. That's good. Um, I think the boys, our centre-halves, improved in the last few years a lot in, in, in all the build-up situations. Um, and they, they are very often are the first ones to get the ball from the from the um, goalkeeper. So it means that's an important role. Uh, um, they don't have to play the final pass, but they can play um, whatever the second last or third last or whatever. So that's that's how it is. And the, the, the main thing about these kind of things is if you mix it up, it makes, we know, we feel that very often ourselves, it makes it makes it just more difficult for the opposite team to to adapt to it. Because you think you have an idea for this pass, you have an idea for that pass, you can close the center, you close the gaps, all these kind of things, and then you play over your head. Um, many teams do that with us constantly. Um, and so we thought years ago, we should try that as well. And yes, it's... Um, Virtual is a, a really good player um, and um, I'm really happy 
that we have him. And yes, we have he has plenty of strength, and hopefully he can show them all on Saturday. If I can just ask you about Stephen Gerrard, he said yesterday that you'd exchanged a few messages before the game. What messages did you send him ahead of his first game in charge at Aston Villa? No, not before the game. After after he signed the contract, we we exchanged messages, and. There are messages, otherwise I would have posted them, which I don't do because they are private. Um, and he, he said one thing, and yes, that's true. Um, <coughs> I'm looking forward to meeting him, that's true. I'm really happy for him, but the, what we write is completely fine if um, that stays private. Carl, we've got BBC No Side for One, then Carl Markham from Press Association, then these are hands up for the breakout. Hi, Jürgen. Um, Nico Williams, he played really well for Wales in the international break, a left back as well. He's shown his versatility. How much has, it, has he improved? And with all the games coming up, is he going to get more game time today? Is he pushing for that for a start? He's, he's pushing. He's pushing. He did it already at Preston, uh, which is good. Um, and yeah, he, Nico's a young player, so and he plays at Liverpool, which is a, a we are a pretty good football team. It's not that easy to to get in the first team um, on his maybe natural position. I'm not sure if really right back is the natural position, but um, yeah, there are strength like Sander Arnold, uh, and then if he couldn't play and and Nico was not fit, then um, uh, James Milner played there uh, in an incredible way, to be honest. Um, yeah, but Nico, I saw I saw um, images of his performances and he did really well, especially offensively. <laughs> um, big chance against Belgium in the last min minute or so. Um, yeah, well, he, it's it's all about pushing and that's what he's doing. So he's not doing anything wrong. And then it's about opportunity coming up. And on the midfield with injuries, you've used nine different combinations. How difficult does it make it in? Does it make it in both attacking and defending, where it's not settled as you would like as well? It, yeah, it's not. It's not easy. But if it would be easy, our owners wouldn't be not pay that many that much money um, to solve all these problems. That's how it is. Um, we have to. We have to deal with that. Um, would I would I wish to play always the same three? No because uh, we have too many games for that. But would it be cool to have the choice between five, six and seven? Yes, that would be really cool. And, and have, would, would it be cool to have some training days together to, to have a look what works out in the best way? That would be cool as well. But um, we don't have neither nor. So um, we have to deal with our situation. And um, last year, this a situation, a really strange situation, a centre-half position. This year, it looks like uh, we have a midfield disease um, and um, we have to deal with that. And that's what we do. But uh, there's no excuses for anything. We want to we wanna win football games and we have to find a solution for the, for the specific game. And the next one is Arsenal. Final question in this section from Karl Hi, Jürgen. Hi, Carl. Just, hi, just to go back to the, the Nico, Nico situation, he's played more minutes for Wales than he has for Liverpool. And, and the Wales boss um, said this week that those players that are not playing games, he would support them looking for, for regular football in January. Obviously, he's thinking about his, his own position and what he can do for the Wales team. What do you think is the possibility that the Nico might have to, to go out on loan somewhere, maybe to get some minutes in January? Is that is that something you've even thought about yet? or? Is it just a question of holding on to players for the time being? We are really short of players. The last thing I'm, I'm thinking about in the moment is um, who could go on loan in, in the winter and, and, and think about that for, in the Nico case. I can 100% understand that the 
colleague from Wales that he thinks it would make sense that they play, but they are nearly qualified or they have down the, in the in the what is it? They can qualify for the World Cup with a lot of players who are not first choice in the, in their teams. So um, I think it makes absolute sense that Nico is here developing every day, um, and that's what he's doing. And to fight through the situation, that's what he's doing. Um, just going on loan, and you never know where he will end up. On the, uh, not Nico, but in general, the player, you have to first and foremost you have to to make sure you fight in, uh, where you are, uh, because if you don't sort your problems where you are, you will carry them with you to the next club as well. I said before, it's not easy to be a first liner player constantly at Liverpool. We have a really strong squad, um, but Nico is. Developing, Nico is improving, and that's why Nico could play how he played again for Wales, not only against Belgium, but as well against Belgium. And that's it. Just quickly on, on the squad, we've, we've spoken about Hendo, Sadio, and, um, and Robbo, but I'm just wondering, you know, any of the longer term ones closer to be, being available for you? For the weekend, no. The closest are probably Millie and Abby. Um, I think we, we, we explained already with Curtis, we have to I would not say day, day by day, but probably week by week until anybody gives us the green light or him the green light. Um, Harvey is doing really well, but there's still some, um, some time in between now and the moment when he can start again for us. Um, and uh, Joe, yeah, doing well. But needs time. Bobby doing well needs time. I hope I didn't forget anybody. So, but um, yeah, that's it. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.